0: This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, April 18, 2021. There was a survey by the BBC radio that came out oh, about three years ago. It was rather striking because it indicated that only 17% of people living in Great Britain actually considered the resurrection account to be true, word for word. And things aren't quite as bad as the surveys in our country, but still, as early as 10 years ago, surveys were indicating that most people in America don't believe that there's a resurrection. And actually, surveys as three years ago have indicated that a lot of Americans actually accept, two-thirds of them that is, accept every religion is good before God, even if it's a religion that denies Jesus rose from the dead. Don't you just sometimes wish that God would just come and he would clear up all the confusion and just himself set the record straight? Well, he does. He did. Jesus is alive. And we see this morning as we continue our series Connected to Christ, how God sets the record straight as he connects us to Scripture. Peter, the apostle, was no doubt someone who would have been familiar with wondering and discussing the resurrection of Jesus, if it were true or not. As he gathered with the other disciples on that first Easter evening, Peter wrote in his epistle even that even the the prophets who wrote in the Old Testament, they too were searching intently with great care, wondering what the Spirit of Christ was leading them regarding the sufferings of the Messiah and the glory that would follow, trying to figure it out. And so Peter and the disciples are there and they're gathered and they're trying to figure this all out. But there comes Jesus. He's about to change all that as he sets the record straight. While they were discussing, talking about these things, Luke records in chapter 24, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now the disciples not only have reliable friends and eyewitness reports telling them Jesus is alive, now they have Jesus himself appearing to them. That's not good enough. It says they were terrified and frightened and thought they were looking at a ghost. It's kind of sad that the disciples are quicker to believe their own superstitious beliefs rather than to believe the reliable reports and the words of Christ in their own eyes. They saw a human body, but like they had before when Jesus walked on water, though they saw a person, the first thing that comes to their mind is they see a spirit who's coming to haunt them. Now, don't misunderstand. Just because it says they thought they saw a ghost doesn't mean Scripture teaches that we could be haunted by the spirits of the dead. Scripture is actually quite clear that no one can harm you after death or in any way come to this world or interact with this world unless God raises their body from death. And yes, it's true, there are spiritual beings. The devil and his demons, fallen angels, do sometimes take visible form and do entice God's people and harm God's people. And I've seen the devil cause great harm by those who chase after that. But the dead, they cannot appear. Following and chasing after the dead or believing in haunting ghosts is the same branch of ancestor worship which steps away from worship of the Lord. But can you believe it? The disciples have seen him, but it's not enough. Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? He's God. He knows what's on their minds and hearts without them even saying it. This man, this body standing before them is also the Son of God. And now, so that he might also further remove their doubts. He says, look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Now the disciples have further proof. They not only have the eyewitness reports of reliable witnesses, they not only have seen Jesus with their own eyes, but they can touch and they can experience that he is a body, a real risen man. And Jesus, somehow it appears in the other gospel accounts, held the marks on his hands and feet. Not marks of shame, but marks of glory, showing that he is the one who paid for their sins, but now is alive again. Now you think that would be enough, right? The disciples have the eyewitnesses, they have Jesus himself, they've been able to see his hands inside. But we see Luke record. The disciples still did not believe it although it was because of joy, they were still wondering. You know, it doesn't matter how much you try to prove to someone or try to demonstrate to them that Jesus is alive. You can use all the available scientific methods as really the disciples had every available scientific method before them to show them Jesus was alive. You can try to convince them with all the reliable eyewitness accounts and you can talk to them about the resurrection, but it won't convince them And it may end up leading to nothing but doubt and wondering. Why is that? Well, Jesus doesn't want them to have any doubts. Do you have anything to eat, he says. And he took the piece of broiled fish and honeycomb and ate it in front of them. And why is it that the disciples had such a hard time, even with all these things before them? Why did Jesus have to ask, why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Isn't it because, as Jesus knew, the human heart, though it might have all the available truth before it, is ever quick to turn aside from what has been revealed? Jesus answers his own question. Why do you have doubts? Why are you troubled? These are the words I spoke while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, the and the Psalms. If you want to convince someone that Jesus is alive, if you want them to know that the record is straight, that Jesus lives as their savior God, you can't convince them by proofs or by mere evidence, but rather Jesus says, these are the words I spoke. This is what the Psalms, Moses and the prophets spoke. It is scripture that connects us to the truth that our Lord is alive. And it is by understanding and believing in scripture that we come to believe that he who died is now alive again as our savior and our God. You know, why is it that we struggle at times when doubts arise in our minds? Why is it that we too sometimes are not rejoicing but sometimes wavering in faith? Isn't it because we are not connected to scripture as we ought? And then Jesus gets to the the heart of the matter It says he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now they could move forward. The disciples who, who knew scripture could not of their own thinking or choosing believe, but Jesus opens their minds so they might see what God has revealed in scripture regarding himself. He opened their mind to understand the scriptures and said to them, this is what is written. And so it must be, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. You know, I think the, the biggest obstacle that the disciples had is what most people have regarding the Messiah. When they doubt his resurrection, it's actually, isn't it that they doubt that he could be who he claims to be, and yet he died? This is what is written, he will rise from the dead it is the death of Jesus, the suffering and death of the Son of God that gave the disciples their doubts. When the disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus, they were saying, we had hoped he was the one who would save us, but he died. We know that, yeah, he's the one who raised the dead, and he's the one that spoke the word of God, and he's the one that did so many great things, but, but he died. And that's where people run into a problem. Not so much with the resurrection, but the fact that if he's the God who raised from the dead, why did he die? Jesus makes it clear. The scriptures say it. And the scriptures reveal it, that he must die and rise again. We see this in the scriptures. This teaching of the death that comes to us all because of our sin is also accompanied by that a price is paid for death. We see in the scriptures revealing the sacrifice in the temples morning and evening, day and night. We see blood shed of the bulls and goats and lambs for the price of sin. And the scriptures reveal that one would come who would take away the price of sin as he himself was led to the slaughter and would suffer and die. So it is written and so it had to be that Christ died for sin. But more than that, the the prophecies that speak of the dying Savior, Isaiah 53, he who is led like a lamb to the slaughter, also lives forever. And the scriptures reveal, as we see in Psalm 22, the same one who was forsaken by the Father as he died and suffered in our place, is alive again and raises up to glory and lives forever. And we also see in Psalm 16 that the one who was in the grave would not be abandoned to the grave, but would live forever. This is what the scriptures reveal. Christ died for sin, and Christ rose again. And God opens our minds to see this. What about this? It says, The Christ would suffer and rise from dead on the third day. What about the third day? Certainly the the scriptures speak of a resurrection. In general, men like Daniel, Ezekiel, and we see many other prophets speaking of rising from the dead, Job and others, and we also see a particular rising of the dead of the Messiah. What about the third day? Well, Jesus himself mentioned over a dozen times in the gospel accounts that he would rise from the dead on the third day, and the Old Testament does allude to and teach of a resurrection. Yes, that includes rising on the third day. Jesus spoke of the The sign of Jonah in which he would, like Jonah, become alive again on the third day. Hosea, who talks of Israel, God's Messiah, being made alive on the third day. And as if that's not enough, God alludes over a dozen times in the Old Testament about new life and new beginning happening on the third day. God indicates very clearly the first life on this earth happens as plants, which Paul likens to the resurrection, Come on the third day. Abraham takes his son, who he's willing to now offer up, his one and only son, his beloved son, and he receives him back on the third day from when setting out, which the writer to the Hebrews says is as if he received him back from the dead. Pharaoh and Joseph release prisoners on the third day the plague of darkness on Egypt ended on the third day God came down from Sinai after the people had arrived at the mountain gave them the 10 commandments on the third day the people when they arrived at the land of the Jordan prepared to enter the land and crossed into what God had promised on the third day the people of Israel were told to purify themselves if they were to come in contact with the dead you can guess it it was to be on the third day And we see men like Hezekiah being healed from their disease on the third day. And yes, Jesus points to Jonah who came out of the belly of the fish, who Jonah considered as good as the grave and the depths of the earth on the third day. And Jesus himself mentioned over and over that he would rise from death on the third day. Hope you get my point, that God's picture, his teaching is clear. New life, release from death, from prison, from darkness, promise into what God has promised and entry into it is on the third day. And so the scriptures reveal and Christ reveals just what must happen. God opens our hearts and minds, not by mere evidence, but by the word of God to create new life in scripture and that new life in our hearts removes our troubles, removes our doubts, and we see our God has accomplished just what he foretold. And just like scripture says, Jesus goes on, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And I could list even more than a dozen times where scripture mentions this. Starting with the glory of Israel, the light and forgiveness of sins would come in the Messiah's name to all people. And we've seen this fulfilled. God has kept his promises, scripture fulfilled as Jesus dies, rises, and preaches and sends his name to bring forgiveness to all people. You are witnesses of these things. Like the disciples, you've heard it in scripture. You know, I could certainly spend a lot of time, and I'm sure you could too, trying to convince people that Jesus is alive, trying to demonstrate and prove to them from eyewitness accounts, and from all the various facts of history that Jesus lives. But if you want them to know the truth, if you want to set the record straight, point them to Scripture. Point them to what Jesus said and what he said would and must be fulfilled, that he would suffer and die for us and rise again, and that in his name would be forgiven, according to the Scriptures. We're connected to Christ through his word. Remember that uh, BBC radio program? There was another part of the survey where they asked people that identified as Christian. And the results were a little bit better. 31% of Christians thought the resurrection account must be true. At least those who considered themselves Christian. But among those who considered themselves Christian in that survey, only two out of five regularly attended worship and connected with Scripture on a regular basis. Maybe we begin to see a connection, how important it is to be connected to Christ through his word, to regularly in your life and in your home and with God's people gather around the scriptures. And God opens our hearts and minds as we gather around those scriptures to see what is written, that the Christ connects us to his forgiveness as he took our death and rose again. We are connected to Christ through the scriptures. Amen.